welcome to another special draft episode of the NY Jets fans podcast with host Charmin, Chris, and Kyle. Uh, Davin is not going to be with us today. He's in the middle of moving to his new home. So we will wish him good luck and all the blessings on his new home with his family. And definitely we will continue our preview with the uh, positions. We did defensive line last week. So now we're going to move into the linebacker position where it's, it's going to get a little crazy. I know I did my list about three different times this week and you guys, I know probably switched them up too. So um, we'll start with the outside linebackers. And I went first last week, both times. So I'll let you guys go first this time. So Sharman, you hit up the outside linebackers first. Let's hear your list. Hey, uh, these guys are pretty interesting guys. I think, I think um, on my list is like just two guys that I think that are uh, top end pass rushes that have both that are balanced guys that have the end the the top end uh, burst and the bend that you would look for in an edge player, which are what outside linebackers would have to do and have the ability to spot drop when asked to. Uh, my top guy, which I had to, like Chris said, switch a couple times is Aziz Ojolari. Um, highest rated pass rusher coming out in the draft by PFF. Uh, explosive first step. Could use his hands pretty well. Uh, and, he, and, and the thing I think, the reason why I, I ended up putting him first is because he's, I think his understanding of what to do, when to do, kind of separate him from a lot of the guys that I saw. Um, and his awareness also, and he's even the down to the fact that he is timing his snap, timing his, his rush with his snap, with the snap was kind of outstanding. I saw I had to put him number one for me. Um, the next guy, uh, Joseph Osai, number two for me, um, an, another freakish athlete, small on the smaller side, but just the burst. I think um, he had a pro day where he had a 41.5 vertical and a 10, 10 11 broad jump. And, and he ran 4.63 in the 40. I mean, I think, I think he weighed like a little over 250 pounds doing this stuff. This is just outstanding. It's ridiculous. Um, he had numbers like a little over 29 tackles for a loss in 22 games. Uh, strong enough to play edge, play in the edge and, 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 and stuff like that. Quick enough to um, get into the backfield in a hurry. You know, um, just a, just a, and, and the craziest thing about all the things that Osai did playing outside linebacker is he played off ball linebacker for most of his college career. And the fact that he could do that in one year of playing outside, imagine what he could do with more experience. That that's 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 I think the one of the only main reasons, uh, one of them at least, is the fact that he um, he's just a he's he's a green <laughs> prospect at the position. Uh, my third guy is Quincy Roche. Uh, I think probably more one of the more technical guys I'd seen. Um, he definitely still has a way to go. I think you pair that what he could do already with uh, pro type coaching and I think he could be transformed even into an even bigger monster 
Uh, I think I think he played in Temple before. I had 26 sacks over there. Went over to uh, Miami, um, and he went up against some beasts in my in in Miami. Um, and he he held his own. Uh, but that was just for a season. But you could still tell that he's a pro prospect, a high end prospect. Again, one of those guys I think that paired with a pretty good coach, and you would see, um, you would see a, a, a like immense growth out of him. Uh, my fourth guy is uh, Jason Oway, uh, <laughs> another freak athlete, another two hundred and fifty something pound guy running a. I think he ran a four three eight. I mean, I don't understand. In a forty over two hundred fifty pounds makes no sense. Um, uh, at this point, I think he's more of a de- dedicated, designated pass rusher. But I love his promise. I love his ceiling. I love where I think where he could be, where he could go, um, with with coaching and more experience. Um, uh, Joe Tryon is my fifth guy, and uh, and I think the reason why Joe Tryon is is uh, my fifth guy is because of his balance, um, the fact that he could play both the run and the pass very well that's that's that was my that was the guy the other the, the and just a unmentioned a, a special mention is shaka tony i know he's not on the level of some of the guys i mentioned but i just i mean just watching some of his games i mean <laughs> i had to mention that guy's name in my opinion okay all right kyle you're up okay um that's it from the from the looks of things, it seems like uh, uh, me and uh, Sharman's list is pretty much almost identical. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and that seems to be the, you know, the consensus. We normally have, you know, a liking for uh, similar players. Because, um, yeah, I have, for me, uh, one and two is pretty much a toss-up for me between uh, Ojolari and... Um, Osai, to me, I think um, both of them shows you know good um, good balance to play the run and the pass um, and the pass rush. Um, they're pretty much almost identical in size. I think um, Ojolari is a little bit smaller, but um, he doesn't play like it. He's you know has a really good uh, relentlessness to you know his pass rush. Um, that um, that I really like. Um, my third guy, um, is pretty much also a toss up between um, uh, Owe and uh, Roche. And I said, um, I think Roche is a little bit smaller. I think he's he's more like a um. 235 style yeah but like you said like the guy was in temple was tearing up in temple you know came over to miami you would think maybe going into you know a program with the higher competition you know you might see a slowdown and that wasn't the case he you know went there right to miami followed up you know his, his sack production went down um went down some but you got to also remember, like, who he was playing over there with, you know, with, um, with uh, Jalen Phillips being a, yep. a, a monster that he is. But um, 
just say, for example, though, like his production in terms of tackles, he was consistent right around 45 to 50 tackles. And his last year in Temple, I think he had 19 tackles for a loss, came up to mm -hmm. Miami and got 15 tackles for a loss. So, <laughs> you know, there really wasn't too much drop off in his play. You know, and um, with Owe, that's said, he didn't have as much pro productivity in terms of number-wise, but just watching him play and see how he played, you can tell that, um, you know, with the, the proper teaching, whatever, this guy can probably definitely take it up, you know, a notch in terms of just the type of player he can become. Um, my last guy, um, I put him on there. He's a personal favorite of mine, uh, who is uh, Chris Frump II from Duke. Um, 6'3", around 235, kind of similar build as, um, as uh, Roche, um, but has, like I said, showed good relentlessness in terms of his pass rush. Um, also, he shows, from what I was seeing, he has very good agility in terms of avoiding uh, pickup blocks. Like I saw a couple of times where the guys try to cut block him and you know, he's hopping over them and doing one leg spins to get around them and still <laughs> pretty much keeping his balance, you know, to keep his momentum going towards the, the quarterback in terms of the pass rush. So, you know, stuff like that, like just stood out to me in terms of being somebody of that size and showing that type of agility with deal, having to also deal with much bigger guys on the other side of him, you know, um, to me, he didn't really get caught up with um, getting manhandled by these guys. You know, um, certain guys, you know, obviously being a smaller guy, he couldn't dominate them if he, you know, might've been maybe 10, 15 pounds heavier. But at no point did I really see him just get, you know, annihilated out of the play. Um, my only knock on him that, um, that I've seen, uh, he does have an occasion to, I think, uh, kind of like fall out on plays in terms of instead of um, continuing with the pursuit. So like, for example, if he sees it, the person about to get away, instead of continuing to run and hopefully waiting for a block to, or a guy to kind of slow down the, the, the runner, he has a tendency to kind of like try and lunge and hope that, you know, at least maybe he'll grab an ankle or something to, to slow yeah. or to tackle him. I mean, ankle that's, biting. Yeah. Right. that's, that's something that I saw in him that um, I think if he cleans up, you know, he would definitely um, be, you know, improve in terms of what he already has. And um, one special, i say guy, just to, to shout out another one from the small schools. Um, Charmin mentioned his um his teammate in um Cameron Sample. <laughs> and I'm going with um Patrick Johnson from Tulane. Yep. Um he's a, a 6'3, 255 guy, but has solid numbers in you know his last uh three years of uh um, playing at Tulane. Uh had in three years, had 35 tackles for a loss and 
uh, 21 sacks. And to couple that with um, uh, 11 pass defenses. So it shows that, you know, not only can he get at the, the, the quarterback, can he get behind the line of scrimmage to make tackles, he can also have the ability to, you know, get in passing lanes and knock down passes. So he's my um, special shout out. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> All right. Listen, my list is going to be, you're probably going to have a lot of these guys on your middle uh, linebacker list, but um, I've seen a lot of uh, scouts saying that they might be better to start off outside and then work their way inside, you know, in a few years in their career. But um, plus one, especially I want on our team. And since we have a good middle linebacker, I want him on our team. But all right. So anyway, number one, I, I used uh, Micah Parsons. I know he's probably more of a middle, right? Um, but um, he opted out last year. Uh, some scouts compare him to Miles Jack, um, but um, I could see him being an outside guy first and then working his way inside. Um, number two, you guys have probably got him number one as your middle, Zayvon Collins. Uh, we know how great this guy is, the Bronco Nagurski Trophy winner as the top defensive player in college. Um, another one, a lot of them said he could play outside. And there were a bunch of inside guys that I wanted to list. So I put him as my number two outside. And for that reason, I want him, us to draft him with that 23 pick maybe so that he could line up with Mosley. That would be great. Um, number three, uh, I got that Jeremiah Oswa Koromara guy from Notre Dame. I just think he's too small to be inside. So I had to put him outside. Um, and we were talking about before we started the recording, how these guys could be lining up as a safety. He might be better there. He might be, he's a, he's the type of player you're going to put all over the field as like a, a chess piece. You're going to move him around everywhere. So who knows what he's going to be, you know, labeled as in, in the pros. Um, another guy probably as your middle is Baron Browning from Ohio state. Uh, one of those big play guys, another player you can move around. You can have him blitz. He's great at that. Um, Number five, probably my personal favorite, just because of his story, is Chaz Surratt from North Carolina. He's another one you might have as your middle. Um, he's a guy that was re recruited to be their quarterback, and he started his first year, played pretty well. And then the second year, he played one game, a couple interceptions. He hurt his wrist. Uh, he was out for the rest of the year because of his um, because of surgery. Then he comes back. He was suspended four games as a sophomore for selling team sneakers. Um, and then he comes back uh, and then, excuse me, then they talk him into playing linebacker. So he decides to do that. His first year as linebacker, 13 games, 11 starts. He was named to the first team, all ACC and runner up uh, ACC defensive player of the year in his first year at that position. Um, so I look at it this way, his ceiling is, so high since he's only been playing the position for two years. Um, so I, I like him a lot. And um, so that's my five. I know, I know you guys are going to say a lot of these guys are going to be playing middle. So you guys can have at that list if you want. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, that's how I start off this one. Um, for me, 
Yeah. My number one guy, as I said, to me is uh, Zayvon Collins. Like this guy is uh, like seriously special to be, you know, a 6'4", 260 linebacker. Uh, this guy's he has like five interceptions um, for his career. Um, two of them he ran back for, you know, for touchdowns. You know, he has, you know, he gets sacks. He gets tackled behind the line. Like this guy is just, to me, everything you would want in, in a linebacker. Um, after him, I have Parsons. Um same type of thing, you know, this guy just shows so much talent in terms of playing the position, had productivity. Um, not sure how, you know, the year off is going to affect his draft stock, but, you know, from what he has already on the, uh, on the books in terms of productivity, uh, with two years playing with uh, six and a half sacks and, uh, you know, 18 tackles for a loss, um, you know, shows that, you know, he's definitely can be a, a productive linebacker on the next level. Um, my number three guy uh, is um, Jarrell Cox um, from um, LSU. Um, he was originally um, played in um, uh, North Dakota, North Dakota State. And when he was there, like I said, this guy, um, won multiple awards, um, uh, first team awards, uh, had averaged roughly about, as I said, about 80, 80 tackles a year, um, has, let's say, I think he has about 10 career uh, interceptions and, you know, he transferred, I think um, after, Two years at North Dakota State, he transfers to LSU, and like I said his um, his play pretty much stayed consistent. You know, um, my number four guy, like I said this guy just has a nose for the ball, tackling machine type of guy, and that's um, uh, Nick Bolton from Missouri. Like he's a smaller guy at six foot, um, 233, but he plays with a, just a, just a hard nosed edge to him that, you know, um, despite being six foot, you know, he, he does, he plays bigger than, uh, than his size, you know, states. Um, and my number five, uh, my number five, I think I would have to go um, also with uh, um, Surratt from North Carolina. Like, like you said, being able to play, uh, being in the quarterback and then switching over to linebacker and, you know, doing, the, I guess, putting up the type of numbers that he has is definitely impressive. Um, one thing I think that he might have an advantage over um, other linebackers and the fact that he played a quarterback position, you know, with a quarterback, you need to have um, a good field of vision and be able to decipher what's going on in front of you. So to me, I think that's probably one of the reasons why 
he was able to be so productive um, moving over to the, the linebacker position because he would be able to see certain formations and certain movements that he would be able to dictate um, what's about to happen in the play, you know, and that being such an important part of the quarterback, he just transitioned it over to linebacker. And like I said, his, his stats proves that. Yeah. A bunch of very interesting prospects at, at uh, interior linebacker, in my opinion, uh, um, uh, a mixture of old school and new school linebackers in my end. And, and the reasoning for my list is because I kind of put the old school guys behind a little bit and kind of focused on the new school guys. Um, of course, uh, my number one guy is, is a little bit of both. Uh, Micah Parsons is a little bit of both. He could play in space and coverage, but he could also get his hands um, on blockers and get off blocks and shoot gaps very well um high-end production for all good at blitzing uh good at shedding blocks like i said before um in my opinion far far and away the better um the better interior um linebacker um my number two is probably the controversy the controversial kid <laughs> and it's an and i think the only reason why i put him in that position again is because the kind of football uh, it's played in the NFL now. Um, teams try, uh, offenses try to get you to stay in base defense, and you have to have guys that could play multiple positions. That could come down and play linebacker, or go up and play safety, or go out and play on on your on your slot if they if you need to, or play the the tight end if you need to. Um, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa is my next man. If this dude had size, literally. In my opinion, would be better than Michael Parsons. It's just how good he is. But at two sixteen, I don't think you know. But <laughs> for two for two sixteen, he just he does not play like he weighs two hundred and sixteen pounds. He plays like he weighs two hundred and fifty pounds. He's crazy physical for a guy that, and he plays with such reckless abandon that that if only he had if he only weighed two thirty. It would be a ridiculous um, um, interior offensive, um, uh, interior linebacker, in my opinion. But he still will be, um, like I said, I think the new way of playing linebacker or, or using linebackers in, in the NFL, I think he fits definitely what they do now. His instincts uh, is something, too, that really got me. Um, the fact that he all, his eyes is always in the backfield and knows exactly where he's supposed to be. He always gets to the spot before blockers get there, um, knowing where the ball is going to go. So I'm, I'm very, um, I was very impressed with him. Um, as impressed as I am, with the only reason why, like I said, um, he ranks over this guy is because of his multiplicity. And uh, the next guy is Zayvon Collins. Like all you guys love Zayvon Collins. I love Zayvon Collins the same way. Um, and, uh, all the stuff you just you said, all the awards, the 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 um, the productivity, he could do so much, man. You could put him on the edge if you want him to. You could drop him in coverage if you want to. You could, I mean, he's he he's just so good, man. Uh, blitz if you want to, every, all of that, man. So, uh, Collins is my third guy. My fourth guy was Baron Browning. 
Baron Browning's athleticism and speed and combine that with the fact that he was he had like a really high football IQ is the reason why he's my fourth guy over a lot of guys. Um, a lot of what he was doing, his understanding of the scheme he played and the position, he constantly, he was always in position to make a play was one of the reasons why I, I, re, I put him at my number four guy. Um, number five, I have Tony Fields. Uh, Tony Fields uh, out of West Virginia, uh, again, when you play in the interior, I want you to have range. I want you to be able to do stuff like, like I said, play, um, stay, if the defense is forced to stay in base coverage, you, you forced to go cover a tight end or go cover a slot guy. You know, or if we're playing uh, middle field open and I ask you to run back and be the third safe to cover the middle and close the middle of the field, if we're going to um, if we're going to try to disguise our cover two or cover, disguise our cover three or something like that. Um, I think he has the range to do stuff like that. Um, his reaction times and even even the even if you ask him to shoot blocks, the fact that he his instincts and, and, and his nose for the football is one of uh, the re another reason why he's there. And I just had to mention these guys uh, because I was equal. I was impressed with them too. Um, Jabril Cox, Nick Bolton, uh, just hurting people out there with those ridiculous tackles and Pete Werner, man, another coverage guy. I think that is, uh, but uh um, one of the reasons why I did not have Pick Werner in my top is um, I think he kind of struggles with um, getting off blocks and stuff like that. So, but but otherwise, I really loved his uh, his coverage ability. All right, my, my top five middle. Uh, mostly, you guys have got I got I got a couple of different ones. Uh, number one, I got Nick Bolton. Uh, I think he's old school middle linebacker. Um, number two. I had to throw a Michigan kid in there, so I had to put him Cameron McGrone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> I had to, right? Uh, number three, this guy's going to play probably – this is another guy you could put any, anywhere, uh, Dylan Moses from Alabama. Um, one thing, before I go to my next two, one thing, like with all these linebackers, there's, all of them are so versatile. Yep. Almost put them anywhere, which I think that plays into the new uh, style of defense anyway. Um, in the NFL now. I mean, these guys could play anywhere that are great of athletes. Um, number four, I got Jabril Cox. You mentioned him starting at North Dakota State. And you know what? With him, you got to love that he wanted to challenge himself in the bigger school, going to LSU, going to, you know, S to an SEC school. I, I think that's great to see a kid do that. Uh, that's, that's pretty amazing because he could have stayed at, at North Dakota State and won every trophy and been, you know, the best there, but you know what? Challenge yourself and go to a, a bigger school and see what happens. And basically he did the same thing there too. So good, good on him for doing that. Number five, uh, I got Monty Rice, Georgia. Um, you know, he's probably the middle guy better suited in the four three anyway. Um, he's not spectacular like the other guys, but good solid all around player. And another guy I wanted to mention, I thought you guys were going to mention mentioned him was uh, Jamin Davis from Kentucky. He mm -hmm. sounds like a really good prospect. Uh, so that's my five and my one special one that I wanted to mention. 
Yeah, I wanted. I um, you mentioned the player. Um, I think you had him at your third guy. Um, who you had at your third? I'm sorry. Dylan <laughs> Moses. My man. Yeah, and, and the reason the reason behind not mentioning Moses, if you watch Moses' uh, film on in 2018, uh, he would he would definitely be the best out middle um inside linebacker this year. That's how good he was in 2018. But unfortunately, after getting his injury, he has never shown anywhere close to what he was after that. You know, um, he, he, he's been even when he when he was on the field last year for the mm -hmm. limited amount of time that he was, he just did not look like the same guy. Um, almost like I think there was an interview where he said he was still in pain. That worries me a lot. Yeah. I, and it kind of yeah. saddens me in a way because I thought this dude would be an incredible monster of a linebacker. So the fact that he, the injury took that away was uh, pretty sad, man. And, you know, and like I said, the versatility I think is so huge with all these guys where we could see them playing inside, outside, you know, some we could see even playing uh, safety on third down. So, um, I, th I think that's the the main part of this this linebacker uh, group in the in the draft this year is that the versatility and for a team that needs multiple linebackers like we do other than I mean because other than Mosley I think we've mentioned this already I mean we really got no other linebacker so we need linebackers so I could see assigning one and drafting one or multiple in both situations so uh, this this uh, linebacker class is very interesting and. A lot of good prospects here, and even guys that we didn't mention. I noticed that are yes that are going to yeah. be up there. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I, I I forgot my my special mention in um Garrett Wallow from um TCU. Mm. I said this guy oh, was wow. this guy was literally a tackling machine. Like I think in 2019 he had 125 tackles for the season. Yeah, and this yep. guy was like literally all over the field. <laughs> Yeah, they, yeah, and and that's the that's the problem with um with with um like I said, I made sure I mentioned that the reasoning behind my picking the guys I picked is because I just the guys that were the tackling machines. I really the only guy I mentioned was Bolton because I had to, <laughs> or because he was just <laughs> such a force. Um, not just he was accumulating the tackles, but it seems like people were scared. <laughs> Because he would like kick people out a lot of the times, and for to see a guy like you said, what he was six one, something like that. Like, yeah, he's like six foot. Like I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he's <laughs> A lot of times when you hear play um teams uh college, uh colleges say somebody's six foot one, take the one off. <laughs> Normally right. they're definitely not six one. Um, right. and he did not look <laughs> right. <laughs> And and that was the thing for me, and I, I made sure I took out the the um, the old school guys, um, not because I think it's bad to be old school in this era, but I just think that you you're gonna be uh, targeted more by by teams because of your being able to be multiple, like like I said, and you know, so so I agree with you, um, Kyle. Uh, special mention there, man. Uh, some of those guys are gonna be very good pros but they're just not gonna in my opinion they're not gonna be have prominent roles like some of the guys i mentioned because football has changed so much 
especially in um, on in the interior linebacker position. All right, so saying all this and saying how much versatility and we got some great prospects here, how many of you guys think linebacker-wise are going to go in the first round? Kyle? Um, honestly, I'm not sure. I would say possibly three. And I'm saying I definitely see Parsons going. Yeah. And I definitely see Collins going. Mm-hmm. Like just just from you know what he's done, even though it was a smaller school, you know, just from what he's done, like I can't see, you know, him slipping out of the first round. Um and at that point to me, I think um um someone like a um Kuomura, you know, if they're looking for that type of mold to play that specific position as a as a weak side type of um linebacker, but has the cover skills of like a safety, I can see someone picking him up, even though they might not play him at linebacker. Um yeah, other than that, like I'm yeah, I'm gonna lost to say anyone else I can say definitively, um, regardless of their skill set, would go after those two. And and my friend Kyle would definitely um, I is you're not right you're not wrong at all, but I will give you one team that will take a shot at somebody just because of who they are, and I think the Raiders look at certain specific things about players. <laughs> Mostly they're from big schools and they're, they do, a, they had a lot of spat, splash plays, right? Uh, Georgia pass rusher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, well, do you think him, him, Tryon or, uh, or, or I, stay, right? Yeah, I think I think Ojala, I think I think the Raiders are probably going to be the team that takes a shot at, at at him at him because it just makes <laughs> too much sense when I see it. They had yeah. issues, they have type they have type issues at rushing the passer, and they love splash players from big schools. They always do that, um, even if probably the 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 um, the, the you know that player does not really fit at the at that time. Um, the the you know at that at that spot if he fits what they want or what they do in their board which is mostly again splashy player from a big school <laughs> it just see it, it just see so so I agree with what Kyle said about uh, I think Parsons, Cormoa, and Collins could be the three but I think there's there's gonna be a fourth and I think the fourth is gonna be Ojolari mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think. I think the Raiders might might be the 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 pro team that's going to take a shot at him. Yeah, I could see that too. Do you guys you guys see us taking one at twenty three if we don't move and you know if there's no trade up, trade down, whatever. At twenty three, I would love for a linebacker because we obviously need that. Or if one of the corners, one of those top guys fall there. But what do you guys think at twenty three? I would definitely go corner. If any of the guys that I love fall, and I'll leave that list for next week, but um, but if any of the guys that I love are there, um, there's just two of them 
that I, that I think that are going to even be available at that spot. Right. But if any of those guys end up being there, I would definitely go corner first. Um, but my reasoning, and and I, as much as I said that, I think the the um, I think the um, the Raiders are going to take a shot at Ojolari. But if that dude drops to number for twenty three, man, I, I wouldn't mind taking a shot at that guy. You know, again, when was the last time we had that kind of burst and bend on and 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 on the outside? I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and 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 you know, and and I and the only other guy was Osai, but to me, Osai is not a first round guy. I would not take Osai at number at number at in in the first round. I I don't think the you know I don't think he's a first round guy because, like I said, I think he only played the the position for one year. I think he was an off ball guy before that. So, um, yeah, I would, I, um, it depends on how it looks, man. What depends on what we do in free agency. It depends on who drops to us, but I would go corner first before I go linebacker. <clears throat> okay. Well, yeah, what do you think, me, Yeah, for me, um, it would definitely have to be, I guess, based on, like you said, based on the board, um, for me, if Zayvon Collins is at 23, yep. there's <laughs> no reason not to pick him. Like I'm, pairing pairing I'm him with with um with Mosley, I think would definitely Oof. you know be a plus in Salah's system. Um, I don't know if any if if any of the corners drop, I would take them over him just because um to me it's kind of similar to um how i think about uh like kyle pitts like there's other tight ends in the you know in the draft but they're none like pitts and to me outside of that's pretty high praise there brother (laughs) (laughs) outside yeah outside of you know parsons I think once you get to Collins, that the the level of things that he can do at the position, I don't think there you can get that too much further down, you know, the list with anybody else that follows him. So to me, like I would use that pick on him. Whereas um, corner, like there's a couple of guys that I can think in corner that I would be perfectly fine with in you know, the, um, like in the second round, you know, um, like, uh, don't um, mention anyone yet. <laughs> We're going to do uh, that next week. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying there's, there's, there's just a, there's definitely a couple of guys that if we didn't, um, get a Farley or a Satane or a Horn, who are the, you know, the quintessential, across the board top three there's others you know okay and the, and the funniest thing to me and and this, this is why i think this is going to be an incomplete conversation because i would have to um i would have to go into my bag on the corners um i think i think playing corners for for the kind of defense i think uh um, our new coaches are going to run you kind of have to play with your eyes uh, more, uh, you have to be more of a guy that could read and react. 
Um, so, so I, so I think that's limited in this draft, and that is the reason why I put corner a little bit ahead of what. Right. And that is no re- no reason why I would not bat an eye if they did uh, pick Collins because, like like Kyle just said, I'm impressed with the kid as much as he is, um, and I wouldn't I would love him too. I'm just saying, just for fit sake, to fit in the defense. Um, um, I think I think the the position is called the zebra. I think that's what they call it. At least what's what they call it in. Uh, in Seattle's uh, um, cover three scheme, uh, you play you play these zones where you have to have your eyes both on the linebacker, um, both on the quarterback and your wide receiver, being able to under, have a clear understanding of route concepts and uh, and have the reaction speed and 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 zero to sixty to be able to react and get to the ball, um, have that those kind of ball skills. I to to me those are uh limited in this draft so that's that's my reasoning for putting corner over linebacker all right so now that we're talking about free agents and who we're going to draft we got free agency starting up this week and it's going to be a crazy week as we know especially this year um we wanted to come up with a, a top three guys you guys are really looking for the Jets to, to sign as a free agent. Um, Davin did give me his list before we went on. His top three would be, of course, Thune. I think everybody's that's everybody's number one. Uh, number two is Curtis Samuel. I love him for us. And number three is Aaron Jones. He's going big at running back there. Um, <laughs> so what, what are your top three guys real quick? Charming, look, you could go first. What's, what's your choice? Uh, my top three is um, I think I think um, my top three is definitely Carl Lawson uh, from the Bengals. Um, that that would definitely ha- give us an answer at uh, help with uh, edge because if we're going to play four three, um, if we're going to play some more four three than three four, we need somebody that'll be able to do that and we and and go outside linebacker if need be. Um, I like Clawson. Um, Jayon Brown from from the Titans, the linebacker, is an interesting uh, kid for me and a need like like we've been saying at linebacker that we have. And uh, Joe Thune. Um, I think I think those are all three of these positions are positions of need, and all three of those players are pretty good. All right, Kyle, what do you what do you think? Um. Um, going, I guess, with the, I guess, the idea of how, um, you know, JD likes to build from the line out. Um, definitely, but I would say Thune would probably be, be number one on the list. Um, after that, I was thinking, um, honestly, because of you know, the system and knowing the system and probably being a cheaper acquisition with um, Solomon, uh, Tom Solomon, um, mm. you know, since he, he played on the Salas system in San Francisco, I think that, you know, someone like him coming in could be a definitely help to 
the guys that's already there to help, you know, mentor and bring them along, you know, in terms of learning and everything. And uh, to me, I think, honestly, as much as, as I said, as much as it, I guess it's the, the cliche thing right now, um, I know Robinson's been tagged, but to me, between getting a Robinson or getting Galladay, I think um, mm -hmm. <laughs> those two, it, like it brings it down to dimension in terms of uh, what the the office can become having um, two guys, either one of those guys, you know, be on the field and. I don't know, depending on how that works out, to me, then also affects um, whether or not we keep um, Crowder. Because to me, if you have uh, a Robinson on one side and a Mims on the other, um, spending 10 mil on the slot might not be necessary. You know, you might be able to release him and get someone in the draft, you know, um, second or third round to just to, to fill in that spot. And then you would have, um, then you would still have um, Burials as a guy that's familiar with the team, you know, that also, um, you know, does special teams that can be the backup to that guy. So um, yeah, to me, I think those, those three, you know, possibly, well, between Robinson and Galladay, yeah, those, those three, I think would be, um, you know, key acquisitions. Okay. Um, yeah, I, you know what, I'll, I'll stick with you guys too. I mean, Thune, I think is, he seems to be an automatic already since last year that we're going to sign him. I mean, I'm not calling him an automatic, but it seems like he's already on our team. Uh, <laughs> another guard is uh, uh, Feliciano from Buffalo might be a possibility if we don't get Thune or even mm. John Miller from Carolina. Um, if we want to go center, uh, there's a couple of choices there. You got Lindsey, you got uh, David Andrews. That would be uh, great because <laughs> he's a former Patriot. Uh, then you got Nick Martin as well. Uh, another wide receiver I like too for us is Corey Davis as a possibility. And even a cheaper down the road guy, if he's still there, um, good as great as a returner is uh, Cordella Patterson. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's a lower guy, not as a starting wide receiver. Um, outside linebacker, I totally agree with Jayon Brown. I think that's perfect. Um, corner would be a spot, too, I think they got to look into. I mean, there's all the big names, obviously, Shaquille Griffin, Richard Sherman, of course, the connection with the 49ers, uh, Patrick Peterson, another big name. I'd probably stay away from those guys. Uh, maybe Michael Davis or even Kevin King from Green Bay. Might be an option um, for uh, for edge rusher. You know, mentioned Solomon Thomas, but another guy too that was on San Fran last year, and he had a big not a big year, but his best year was uh, Kerry Hyder. I think he had like eight or nine hmm. sacks last year. So maybe we can get him, and you know, maybe they seen something in him. I don't know. Um, just names that I was I was looking over, and I was kind of looking at them. Uh, tight end, right? 
we keep hearing about, you know, we definitely have a hole there. Maybe Gerald Everett from the Rams is a possibility. Um, and also two, uh, two other spots, like running back. I know Davin mentioned Aaron Jones. That would be big. That would be definitely swinging for the fences with that one. Um, another guy, another big name is, is Chris Carson. He's a free agent as well. So I don't know if they're going to go in that direction. Um, but uh, those are names too. And we can't forget, we do need a backup quarterback. So obviously one of the San Fran guys you would think is one of the guys that we're going to go after either, either uh, uh, Nick Mullins or uh, CJ Beathard would be another option there too. So I don't know. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. I mean, this week's going to get crazy, obviously uh, starting tomorrow with the tampering. So we're going to hear a lot of names coming up, man, in the next few hours, obviously, maybe even tonight we'll hear some big names being talked to and, so we'll see. But uh, anyway, that concludes our special podcast as we covered the middle and outside linebacker position. Uh, join us next week where we're going to go to the corners and safety position with, as I know, some really big names there that we're going to talk about. So thank you again for joining us. Um, Davin, best of luck on the new place. You'll be with us next week. And um, until then, we'll be uh, taking flight. Take flight. Take flight.